Hello there, this is A.D. Robles, and you're listening to A.D. on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. There's a passage in the Bible that uh, I really like. It's talking about the prophets um, of old, and there were some really bad prophets. that they, they were speaking words that God did not put in their mouths and pretending like God did. And one of the things that, that God... Uh, criticizes about them is that they say peace peace when there is no peace they're prophesying peace they're prophesying feel-good things but there wasn't any peace and I could just hear the self-righteous condescending sort of evangelical elite Twitter mob talking to, to to the prophets, the real prophets of God that said, hey, there's no peace here. Why are you prophesying peace? I could just hear the, the, the Twitter mob very piously getting their, their robes on as they sit down to their computer to type out a tweet and say, how could you be against peace? That's what I'd like to know. How could you be against peace? How, how could you, how dare you prophesy against these prophets who are prophesying peace? Peace. Peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit. And they're right. We all know the song, Love, Joy, Peace. It's the third one. <laughs> How could you be against peace? And that's what the Twitter mob would say to the prophets who said that one of the problems was that people were prophesying peace when there was no peace. Now, what am I talking about? There was no Twitter mob back in the day. Now, that's true. There wasn't a Twitter mob back in the day. There were just real mobs. <laughs> they, 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 they drag you out outside the city gates and stone you. You know what I mean? Like, they had real mobs back then. Now, people just, you know, post mean gifts to you. You know what I mean? And try to, and try to dunk on you on Twitter and stuff like that. You know, I, I saw somebody the other day talking about how, how, how hurt they've been on Twitter and it was worse than, than anything they've ever experienced in their lives and this and that. And I, and I thought to myself, you know, if Twitter is that big of a deal to you, it hurts your psyche so much, get off Twitter. I mean, that's my advice for someone who, who can't deal with it. Because I, I think Twitter can be a double-edged sword, right? Like, I don't go to Twitter to get encouraged. I know it's not a place for that. It's a place to do battle a lot of the time. Um, but you know, when someone sends a mean gift to me or says something mean to me on Twitter, it doesn't affect me. I, I, I just, that's just not how I'm wired. I mean, I, there, there are some things that would get to me that someone could say to me, I'm sure. But when someone posts a mean gift to make me look stupid, that doesn't really bother me at all. I mean, if, if that does really bother you and like ruins your day, my recommendation is to get off Twitter. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's just not worth it. But what am I talking about? So Today I saw a tweet, and it's a it's a good tweet, but it's very typical of sort of the Big Eva style, right? And it's a and it's a guy who's, you know, I would say probably on the conservative side of things, but very soft heart towards the left, very very much willing to tolerate progressivism in the church and the SBC and stuff like that. And here's what he said, okay? He said this. The SBC is a gospel, people. Let's strive for unity and not division. That way we may all be one so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And that is a quote from uh, the prayer 
the, the Lord, uh, uh, before he went to the cross, the Lord prayed for his people. And that was one of the things that he said. He said that he, he prays that, that, that they would all be one, right? And so the world, because they're all one, they would all know that, 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 that Jesus was the Lord of glory, essentially. And that's a good prayer. You know, obviously I agree with that. But, but I, I, I retweeted it and I added some information because I think there's some important information that sometimes gets lost when people call for unity or say we should be united and stuff like that. I, I completely agree. I, I want the church united. The fact that we have these factions is not ultimately a good thing. So, so, so here's what I said, and I retweeted this, and I got a little bit of pushback on this, and I thought it was kind of silly, the pushback I was getting, because I don't see how anyone could disagree with this. I, I really don't. I'm not trying to be like I'm the smartest guy in the world. This seems like common sense. Here's what I said. I retweeted that call for unity and not division, which is a good call, and I said, striving for unity means never compromising on the truth. Let the sparks fly if they must. And the idea is that in the short term, there needs to be argumentation. There needs to be sparks flying. There needs to be conversations because you need to be fiercely dedicated to the truth if we're going to have unity. Unity doesn't mean anything at all. It's not a good thing in and of itself if it's not unity in truth, if, 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 if we're all decided, okay, you know what, like, let, 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 let's just make it ridiculous, right? Let's just say this. We want to have unity with Muslims, right? So you know what? Let's change our doctrine. Let's change our doctrine to allow Muslims who think that Muhammad was the final prophet and Jesus was just a prophet for Allah and things like that. Let, let's change it so that we can have unity with the Muslims. Now, everyone would, would say, well, not everyone. There's a lot of crazies out there. But most people, most good Christians would be like, yeah, that, we can't do that. That's not the kind of unity we're after. And, and again, I'm, I'm making it a ridiculous situ, you know, situation on purpose to prove a point. You see, that kind of unity isn't good. That kind of unity is bad. See, real unity, the kind of unity that we ought to strive for as Christians must be a unity around the truth. We have to be more dedicated to the truth than we're dedicated to each other. Now, when you hear that, you might it might not compute to you like really, Adam. Like, are you saying that we should be more dedicated to the truth than our friends and our neighbors and our family? And I'm saying to you, yes, yes, you should. You should be more fiercely dedicated to the truth than your neighbor, more fiercely dedicated to the truth than your wife, your brother, your your sons, your daughters, your father, all of that kind of stuff. Because the truth we know from the scripture. The truth is a person. The truth is the Lord. The truth is Jesus Christ. He is the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so, yes, we need to be more dedicated to Christ than we are to our neighbor and our family member and all of that stuff. He said so. Jesus himself said this, is, this comes straight from the words of Christ. Luke chapter 14, verse 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Every, every Christian needs to come to terms with, with that verse. Every Christian needs to be able to wrap their minds around what that verse means. 
We want unity, yes, but we don't want unity the way the fake prophets back in the day were calling for peace. No, we want real unity. We want real peace. And that unity, that peace must be must come through a fierce devotion to the truth, to the Lord, to Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. That's the only kind of unity that we should call. This idea doesn't come from A.D. Robles's, you know, YouTube channel. This idea doesn't come from A.D. Robles's office. No, this idea comes from the scripture. This is Ephesians chapter 4, and if you have an ESV Bible, it, it titles this section, Unity in the Body of Christ. This is where we get our idea of unity, which is where we get the, the right to call for unity the way that this person on Twitter called for unity. This is where we get that. And so here is what it says. It says, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Paul talks about unity, and he talks about unity that's 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 devoted, that's 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 around the truth about God, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. A few sentences later, he again talks about the unity of the faith. And what does he say? Here's what he says. He gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the what? The unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. The unity of faith and knowledge of the Son of God. You must be devoted to the truth. Because the truth is a person. The truth is the Son of God. And so if anyone calls for a unity that sets aside the truth of God, the truth of the Lord, the truth of Christ, reject that call for unity. Reject that call for unity. Because it's worthless. This is not my idea. This is not A.D. Robles telling you to what's what. No, this is coming straight from the scriptures. It's a unity. Yes, there's an important call to unity. Yes, but it's a unity that is fiercely devoted to the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. This doesn't mean that if someone disagrees with you on some point of doctrine that you need to hate them. No, no. This is Paul goes on because because people were the same before as they are today. They had disagreements, right? There were some dis, there were some disagreements and there were some disagreeable people and back then and there are now on Twitter, right? There are then and there are now on Twitter. He goes on and he says this. Therefore having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Listen to the next sentence because this is important. This is important, especially in our cultural moment where we've got Big Eva, the evangelical elite, calling for unity, telling you to put your weapons down, no fighting, no naming names, none of this stuff. And, and, and if, if anyone is dis displays any amount of emotion in their argumentation, I get criticized for this all the time. 
they get put down as if they're doing something wrong. Here's what Paul says. Therefore, having put away the falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to let the sparks fly. Because don't. here's the point. Don't let the call for unity make you feel like you, you can't let the sparks fly in the meantime. The sparks must fly in the meantime because this is the truth we're talking about here. We need to be devoted to the truth. And there are a lot of Christians out there that we know, that we love, that don't seem to be devoted to the truth. They seem to be devoted to the truth a little bit, but also other things like popularity, like 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 they want the world to like them, like they want accolades, they want to get platforms, they want book deals, they want conference speaking gigs, also in addition to the truth. So they want the truth, yes, but they want to say things that sound good to people that will give them a big enough platform. They won't get them yelled at, they won't get the mean gifts coming at them from Twitter and that kind of stuff. We, we know people like that, and so therefore... We have to still speak the truth with that neighbor, and he's going to fight back, and that's fine. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. You see what I'm saying here? Because, because yes, we should call for unity, but not like those phony baloney prophets of old that they were saying peace, peace, but there was no peace. We, we don't want to be the one saying unity, unity, when there is no unity. And so my issue with, with, with the evangelical elite and the SBC and the PCA and the Gospel Coalition, the ERLC, a lot of calls for unity right now. And it sure sounds to me, and again, I'm not, I'm not infallible, but a lot of the calls for unity that I see on Twitter sure sound to me like a call to essentially stop fighting, stop, lay your weapons down. Stop criticizing. Stop arguing. Stop speaking the truth to your neighbor. Don't be angry ever. Like, 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 here's the thing, like the Bible, we, we look, the people that are in this audience, we know the Bible pretty well. I'm not saying we all know it perfectly, but we know the kinds of things that we see in the Bible. We know how the prophet spoke. We know how Jesus spoke. We know how Paul spoke. And so when we see somebody saying, you know, stop with this, stop criticizing, don't name names. We know Paul named names. We, we know. We know that the prophets had an edge to some of their words sometimes. We, we know that stuff, right? And so when we see people say, no, no, don't do that because we need to have unity, we know that's false. We know the Bible says, iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. We know sparks are not necessarily a bad thing. Sparks are not necessarily a bad thing. We also know division's not necessarily a bad thing. Paul talks about how there's divisions in one of the churches that he helped plant, and he says that in some ways it's necessary so that we can see who's true. Division in it of itself is not necessarily a bad thing. It's all about why the division exists, right? We know that the Bible says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. And it's not talking about actual physical wounds, like if you slice your friend's you know, arm or something like that. No, it's talking about words. It's talking about arguments that might hurt your feelings, that the that, that anger is there, that sparks are flying. Faithful, it calls those. Faithful are those wounds. 
And the sad reality is too many in the evangelical elite, too many in Big Eva, too many in the conference circuit, too many of our authors basically have this position where anything that's more aggressive than a nerf fight is sinful. Any words that are sharper than a butter knife are sinful. And it's just not the case. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. You don't get wounded with a butter knife. You don't get wounded with words that are like a nerf dart. The sparks are going to fly. And so when someone says, let's strive for unity and not division, don't read, lay your weapons down. We have to be united. No. No. As long as Jesus Christ is the truth, which, you know, it's, it's eternal. <laughs> Jesus Christ is the truth. That's just what he is. He is the truth. So as long as that's true, we need to be devoted to that truth. And if there are people that are not devoted to that truth, there's going to be sparks that are going to fly out of necessity. There will be divisions out of necessity. And we should strive for unity, yes. But what that means is a unity of faith and of knowledge of the Son of God, a unity around truth. And so when I, when I post this kind of a tweet and people push back and say, what's your issue with his tweet? Well, the issue is that too often people read a tweet like this and say, well, we can't fight. We can't fight. We just have to allow us all to agree, agree to disagree. You know, if Beth Moore wants to preach sometimes, she can preach sometimes. No, that kind of unity is not a unity worth having. That kind of unity is not a unity worth having. There must be division. As long as there's a woman who, who, as long as there's even one who wants to preach when the Lord said no in our churches, there must be division there. There must be sparks there out of necessity because the unity that is not around the truth is no unity at all. It's a false counterfeit unity that we must reject. That's the reality, guys. That's why when, 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 I, when, when you see people call for unity and not division, just make, just make sure you don't read that as, we, and that means we cannot fight because if we're fighting, we're not calling for unity. We're not striving for unity. So often those who are fighting are the very ones that care the most about unity. And I'll tell you right now, out of all the, the, the critical videos I've ever done, out of all the arguments that I've made, all the funny, the joking, all that stuff, I care about the unity of the church. And that's why I, I fight against this critical theory so much because it's an ideology that is all about division and not division around the truth. Not division around the truth. It's division around a lie. And that's the problem with it. That's the problem with it. You know, the person who, who, who tweeted this, um, it looks like they might have deleted this tweet, but um, I can't really tell because sometimes Twitter is it's not the greatest. But I, 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 I retweeted his tweet and I said, striving for unity means never compromise on the truth. Let the sparks fly if they must. And his response, it's just, it's just so perfect. I think he deleted this because he saw how perfect it was. His response is, I reject your version of truth and he put truth in scare quotes and if he didn't if he hadn't have deleted this i would have responded i know you do i know and that's the whole point if we don't even agree on what the truth is of course sparks are gonna fly and they must fly and we must not shy away from it 
Iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. We must not be scared of those sparks. We must see those sparks as a necessity to have unity in the future. Because in the short term, guys, let's just face it, the divisions in the church are growing and they're in the short term. There's gonna be more sparks. And I say, let them come because I see a glorious future. I'm post-millennial. I'm committed to a positive outlook on the future. And there will be amazing unity of faith and of the knowledge of God in our future. Man, I look forward to that. And I hope you do too. Anyway, I hope you found this video helpful. God bless. Don't forget to tune in next week on Thursday for AD on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network.